Welcome to Station Talk, the official podcast of the Firehouse Tribune, where we share fire service information, training tips, and help you become battle ready with health and wellness conversations. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Station Talk, the podcast, video cast, whatever you want to call this type of platform powered by the Firehouse Tribune. Today, it's just myself. I don't have Tom with me today. Tom's actually doing some administrative work at his firehouse, so he had to bail. But luckily, luckily today, I'm stoked. I'm excited to have somebody on the show, a guest on the show today that was on my, my podcast, The Five Tool Firefighter, Lieutenant Josh Chase, who is an author, firefighter, an Army vet, and an all-around great guy. So, Josh, welcome to Station Talk. I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. It's pretty cool. You, you invited me to be on Firehouse Tribune, and uh, that was a lot of fun. So, you know, even though Tom can't make it, I'm still stoked to talk, man. And like you said, we're at Station Talk. So this is going to be pretty cool. I think it's being a good podcast. Yeah, we decided, uh, like you were talking yesterday in the uh, in email, you say, let's just talk about some topics. So this is more than just talking about Joss's leadership, that books that he's written, because we've talked on that. Right. Joss does that. He has his podcast, and I want to talk about that. Um, we'll talk a little bit on the books, but we're going to talk about culture of the fire service. We're going to talk about a little mental health, talk about some family, and just have that conversation that people don't want to have because yeah. that's what Station Talk is, having that conversation. So right. before before we get into anything, for those of you who don't know who, who Josh Chase is, why don't Josh, you tell some people who you are. Yeah. Yeah, easy. Yeah, so my name is Josh Chase, obviously, because Nick said that like three, four <laughs> times already. Uh, I've been in uh, Norfolk Fire Rescue now for going on 18 years. I did about 15 years as a firefighter, then decided to uh, move up and take the promotional exam a couple years ago. So I've been a lieutenant now for about three years. And uh, steep learning curve, you know, um, I do believe that if you lead at the informal level, that if you make the decision to move up, uh, it'll be a little bit easier for you, but definitely not easy. Um, I'm a husband, I'm a, a father of three kids. I got an adult daughter, two teenagers li- living at home. I mean, which is some of the stuff we're going to talk about family. Uh, I've been widowed, you know, I lost my first wife when I was 32. Like I've just been through some stuff, you know, and I grew up in the fire department the whole time that I've been through this stuff. So we're really going to get into some of that today. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have the leadership stuff, like you said, and I have all the fire department stuff that I've done, but you know, it's like everybody else. You got, you got a work you and you don't leave yourself at home, but there's like work, you go to work, you got to get the job done, you know, but there's always that other part that like, there is the culture, the mental health, the, the guy that just wants to be a good firefighter, but he wants to be a good husband too. You know, he doesn't want to be part of the 70% divorce rate and that, that's not what you want. That's okay. You know, I, I think that's some of the stuff we're going to get into today, but yeah, man, uh, I got the jump seat leadership stuff, but I think today it's like you said, it's, it's station talk today, bro. So let's just get into it. You talked about um, your family life. You have yeah. you have an older 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 child, and then you have some teenage children. Yeah. Right off the bat, how did that affect you? Being being in the fire service, how does having? Right. Or do you have boys and girls, or all all daughters, or all? So I have, uh, yeah. So man, I tell you what, you know, John Sparrow, Fit to Fight Fire, does a good job of this, of laying out the three priorities. And uh, faith, fire, and family, and, or faith, family, and fire, and that's that's kind of honestly how I live my life. Uh, I don't live it perfect. When I say faith, I'm not like, oh, you got to believe what I believe. 
but I definitely uh, do have faith in God. Like, you know, that's that's what I believe. And I don't really have an, any other explanation as to why my life has turned out well. I mean, people argue with me and I'm like, hey, I, I'm not here to argue with you or convince you. I don't have another explanation, you know, so... Uh, faith is one of those huge things, and that is really is what steered me to take my family as a priority. And I really didn't do that early on in my career. Honestly, I got hired in 2005. As soon as I got hired, I found out very shortly after that that I was getting deployed to Iraq. Oof. So Oof. right in the middle of the fire academy, I get orders, and they're like, you're going to Iraq. Dude, I had just gotten married to my first wife. Uh, we found out we we're having a baby on the way. I'm in the fire academy. Now I'm going to Iraq. Uh, so I left October, 2005, didn't get back to like March, 2007. And you can imagine like family life was hectic. You know, uh, my son was born while I was gone on my deployment. Uh, my daughter was four years old when I left and it, man, it was a mess, you know, like reconnecting, trying to find a way to reconnect with family, uh, my wife, the kids, um, man, it was challenging to say the least, you know? And, um, you know, the fire department, I was writing, I'm, I'm working on some, like, uh, like a per more personal book now. I was writing today, like, I've always been comfortable in chaos. So for me, the fire department, it was chaotic. The streets in Norfolk were chaotic. It was gunshots, stabbings. We were going to fires as a young... It was For me, it was, like, almost worse than my deployment, which is kind of right. weird. Because it's only 20 minutes from my house. But I've honestly witnessed more trauma on the streets of Norfolk than I did the whole time I was deployed you know, over the past 18 years. And that definitely, man, it affects family, right? You know, um, I didn't handle it all well early on. I mean, I would say like, oh, I don't drink all the time. But when I wasn't drink, when I did drink, I drank a lot, um, you know, because I was back then I was drinking to forget. Yeah. And uh, yeah, dude, yeah. I was having so much trouble connecting with my wife, connecting with the kids. I mean, that led to, um, you know, being separated for six months while I was in the fire department, you know, ended up getting back together at one point, um, which was great. But fire department and family is extremely challenging when you're considering the divorce rates are already 70% across the country. And I think a lot of us fall into that, like, okay, well, I'll just be part of that statistic. And like, I don't want to do that. I want to be part of the 30 percenters that choose to make it uh, no matter how hard it is. You know, for me, I think it takes a lot of courage to be a firefighter and to still be a good husband Absolutely. and to still be a good, good father. And, and I'm not talking about doing it all perfect. I mean, my wife now will give you a list of things I do not do perfect, you know, but dude, it's, I had to choose, you know, uh, for me, <clears throat> hard word, right? Coward. And, uh, dude, I was being a coward, man. I, I could, I was running from my problems, running from my marriage. Yeah. Like, sure. Like I was dealing with post-traumatic stress. But there were avenues and resources that I was choosing not to take advantage of. And, you know, that really led to a whole lot of problems. But I chose being, you know, courageous over being a coward. You know, don't take that as you being a coward. That was me. And when I looked in the mirror and I saw a guy who was running and accepting cowardice, I was like, damn, man, this ain't how I'm called to live. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to be 60 years old and pissed at myself that I didn't give this whole thing a shot. So... Yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question there, but we're yeah, just we're, kind of we're, talking we're just today, talking, right? Yeah, so, we're just talking. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally understand it and totally get it at the same time. I remember kind of going off that same thing about Northville. It, when it's in your backyard, and I've had incidents like that myself, where I've been in right. situations riding an ambulance, and we're getting calls to the other side of our t my town that I lived in, 
for gunshots, for stabbings, oh, yeah. for suicides. But like, and you're living in this, and some of these people you know, or you have a connection to, or yep. somebody else in the apartment knew. It takes a toll on your mental health. It takes a toll on your family life because you're bringing that stuff right. back home. And where yeah. is your outlet outside of right. the firehouse? Like you're letting that out somewhere, and you're letting it out within right. alcohol, drugs, arguments, disconnection. I mean, I, I'm, I was right. just kind of had a bad of. I just had a, another child a couple months ago, so I'm dealing with a four year old son. Right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I have a four-year-old son, and I have a three-month-old daughter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fun times. (laughs) So doing that, trying to balance firehouse, trying to balance life, trying to balance everything. The other day, I I have a beer fridge out in the garage. And some other stuff out there as well, seltzers, waters. And I went out there, and I was like, you know I took, I picked up the beer and I was having a really stressful, stressful couple days. Not, you know, right. not, you know how the thing goes with the kids. You're not sleeping. Um, anything. Yeah. Tri- you're not sleeping at work. Yeah. You're not sleeping at home. Trigger, everything yeah. triggers you. Anything. But for some reason, I'm like, I, I picked up the beer and it was a stone, one of them Stone Cold Steve Austin beers that, that Lager has. And I looked at it and for something told me in the back of my mind, I said, put that back in the refrigerator. Just put it back. Right. And I go back to Saturday, yeah. and my wife goes, you're not having any beer tonight? I, I'm like, I haven't really had alcohol since you were pregnant. You know, I've been kind of on that same thing. Like, when she was pregnant, I stopped. I didn't drink anything. I did the same thing she did. Right, right. Support, yeah, Supportive. it didn't bother me at all. And uh, yeah. I put it back, and I said, you know what? I'm having a stressful day. If I pick this up now, I could start trickling down. And, you, and if I feel better, all the stress goes off me. It's right. because of this drink that I have in my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that. Now, right. rewind a couple years, five, six, seven, eight years earlier, maybe having one or two drinks on a, on a, on a weekend or when you're out helps you calm down. But now it's like the family aspect, when you start really getting older and you start really thinking about it, yeah. how much, like John Spira says, your family is that right under your face. Yeah. And I'm starting to see it more and more. I was all like, just go firehouse. Just do all that and just go, go, go. And Dude, a, me too, Try to be as tough and bad as I could be and realize quick, right. that ain't the way you're supposed to do it. No, nah, man, dude, I was a uh, – <laughs> like, it's funny you say that because I was like a I was like a badass asshole. Me. You know, like, yeah, it wasn't even cool. Like, you think it's cool and it's not even cool. Like, right now there's this thing going around that's like the 635-er. Yep. And I was like, oh, shit, that, that that was me. I had about six years on the job, and I was like, look yep. at me, bro. Like, you know, I had, you know, and I'm not like, hey, look at me. Norfolk was busy. Like, I, I rode an ambulance, you know, 12 hours of my shift, 12 hours on the engine. Like, we were going to gunshots and stabbings all the time. It, it, it was what it was. Like, we were doing some cool stuff. Like, we're getting to save people. We're going to fires. I had some, I had a decent amount of experience at six years. It didn't mean like, hey, look at me. I had a... I would say I had a good foundation of what the job entailed. And I was, it, like you said, man, it was go, go, go. And for me, I never really dealt with the military stuff. So I like poured everything I had into the fire department. And I could remember like, man, there were times where I'd be drinking and my wife would be like, I swear you love the fire department more than you love us. I've heard that before. And I, 
I, dude, I did not have a good argument for that. Because for me, fire department was easy, right? It was just easy. Like, there's no, you know, wife that's like has expectations and things that you promised her. Like, I go to work and I work within a system. Yeah. And it's it's chaotic, but there's a system, you know. You come home, wife needs attention, kids needs attention. And and I man, early on that balance for me was terrible. And uh, you know, I, I will I can one hundred ten percent say that my faith has definitely helped me balance that out to where I can still love the fire department, but I can still be an amazing husband. Yeah. There's no, there's no sacrifice. You know, the sacrifice is, yes, I'm putting my life on the line for people that I don't know. I feel like I'm called to a life of service. My wife accepts that risk. My kids accept that risk. But I'm not going to sacrifice the longevity of my family for a career that's going to be 25 years. You know, my family's going to be forever. And I do not love the fire yeah. department. Love it. Uh, my wife is asking me now, like, hey, well, when you retire... What are you going to do? I don't want to talk about it. You know, I, uh, because right now it, it does, man. It yeah. gives me purpose. You know, I know if we don't even have a busy day, I'm still there in case somebody else needs me. And, uh, it's like you, isn't it crazy though, man? Like when you're yes. young, you're yep. like, let's go. Yep. <laughs> you get older and your wife is like, bro, I'm that, relax. I'm still 20 some years old. Yeah. It's not that serious. And, you know, right. I always look at it as, um, yeah, I, I remember that term at 635, and I, I just remember that same stuff. And I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, what I'm out teaching, I'm out talking to different different fire departments and whatever I'm doing. Even my own department, I always say people are calling us on their worst day. Their worst day could be burnt food on the right. stove, but that's their worst day. Yeah. And I'm like, but you don't get that. And I tell people, like, you're not in it. You don't get it. Like, it's We're helping somebody when they need us the most. And yeah. I remember somebody turned around and said, well, who's helping you when you need help the most? Because you don't even know how much you're right. starting to have it take over your life. Like all your conversations oh, yeah. turn to fire calls or turn to something that happened in the firehouse. It never turned into put that aside and focus on what you're focusing on right now. You're not there. You're, you're, you're at dinner. You're with yeah. family, you're with friends. It took a long time to understand that. To really kind of yeah. balance it out. Dude, I, honestly, I think I'm still oh, yeah. trying to... I think it's like a still daily thing, it. man. Like, to even to hear you say that, I was like, shit, I do that <laughs> now sometimes. Like, you know, like, a lot of conversations come back around to the yeah. fire department. You know, for my my wife, she would, oh, why don't you ever talk about work? Because it's yep. going to come up. You know, I, I don't intentionally come home and like, let me unload my day because something I say is going to trigger some thought and I will talk about the fire department and how frustrated something is or how amazing this was or how cool this was, whatever. But no, it's just like you said, man, it's uh, like finding a way to deal with it. I think that is huge. And uh, there's this been, there's been this push lately, probably in the last five years to really focus on the mental health of firefighters. And if it's just, Hey, I'm not okay. Look, that's a starting point, right? I mean, I went to, uh, you know, I was deployed 2005, came back completely disconnected. I thought it was just normal. And man, I took me forever to just kind of even admit that. 
And then 2019, I finally go to the Veterans Affairs and get some counseling. And they're like, you know, you have some post-traumatic stress. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Like, obviously. And, uh, but, you know, so I started, like, actually working on getting some help. And then my wife asks me, hey, have you ever thought about getting help for the fire department stuff? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. There we go. we're not opening we're not opening two cans right now <laughs> like you know and uh i did you know i i went and definitely i took her advice I, I went to see a counselor and she says after the end of this first session she's like hey how long do you have till you can just retire i'm like lady uh th- i'm here for more like i need to make it yeah. healthy at to the end of my career i'm not trying to get out you know uh regardless of what i'm dealing with or what you deal with i it can be done and it can be done well. It's just admitting I'm not okay. And sometimes just admitting that to my wife, like I just came off of a, a busy week. I worked Tuesday, 24 hours last week, Wednesday, I got stuck with mandatory overtime for 12, went back on Thursday for 24 hours, worked Saturday for 24 hours, worked Monday for 24 hours. So yesterday I was a zombie. I mean, it was my first day off. I get three days off in a row. I looked at my wife and I was like, hey, today I'm doing nothing. You know, I think I took a shower at like four (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon, finally. (laughs) Like, you know, but yeah, man, it's, uh, dude, it's crazy, man. The culture, the mental health, how things have changed. I'm 40 and I didn't realize some of this stuff till I was like 30. But I'm still working it out. It's not like I figured it all out yet either, man. I, I yeah. kind of feel that same boat. I was, I went to therapy twice. Well, right. I'm actually going to lie about that three times. The first was right. a line of duty that we weren't involved in. It was a neighboring neighboring town, two towns over maybe. We don't respond to that that area because of where we are. But I don't know it affected me because I was scared. I was young. I was only in my early 20s. And seeing someone who's two years older. Right exactly the same birthday um kind of triggered me i just put my i put my scba mask on and complete meltdown just in the firehouse just we were doing some training just put the mask on just complete meltdown just just started hyperventilating um ripped the thing off had to sweat profusely well lieutenant takes my thigh and goes are you okay said, yeah, yeah i don't know what happened i have no idea what happened then he started bringing up how I've been acting. I had no idea what was going on. I said, what are you talking about? I'm fine. The other day, you were hesitant to get on the engine. You were like timid. You, I don't know what your problem was. You, you, we're, we're all in. We're all getting ready to go. We're screaming. You're standing at your locker, taking your sweet time to put your stuff on, which is very out of characteristic. And then you're kind of right. lollygagging it to the thing. You're not getting in. You were, you were not there. Started noticing things. And he's right. like, does that have anything to do with that, that line of duty? And I said, no, no, but you could tell it was. So a few guys were kind of feeling something. So the chief brought some mental health advocates in, started talking, and slowly worked. And all of a sudden, I was like, all right, you know. And I started feeling a lot better. Then as I start getting that, that 635 mentality going, because now I'm feeling, oh, okay, yeah. you know, I got this off my chest. I'm really starting to take, I'm taking more classes, getting a lot more experience in the field, feeling real comfortable. Now I think that I'm a badass. And now I start yep. mouthing off, start becoming, thinking I'm tough. 
got that real alpha male tech and tendency going on. Testosterone through the mood. Dude, this is crazy. Right. Know, you got to go to some therapy. You got some anger problems. Trying to talk to somebody right. about what's going on starts bringing up all kinds of stuff. But you start realizing, what the hell am I doing? And then you start. Yep. Then it happens again. And then the final straw was right before I was like in my late 20s. Me and one of the guys got into it in the firehouse. Physically altercation, physical right. altercation in the firehouse. That's when you know, like, hey, you know, something's, something's going, going on, on, bro. And, uh, you know, I went. I went for therapy. I admitted to I said, I'll, I'll willingly go for anger management. And uh, it mellowed me. This one actually mellowed me to the point where I couldn't get mad at anything. I felt like you could yeah. punch me. You could start poking me. It wouldn't do nothing to me. But um, I just started realizing that what am I doing with myself here? You know, I got so much of a life yeah. to live, so many things to do. And I'm going to act like an arrogant asshole. Yep. Dude, it's funny you say that because we were nicknamed <laughs> the arrogant asshole. That's what we were called too. I mean, so, and, but we were like, yeah. hell yeah, we are. You know, and uh, people still talk about the crew I worked with back then. I mean, we were, you know, we were pretty good at what we did in the sense where, like, we had a good foundation of what the job entailed. If we showed up, we did what we were supposed to. The fire was going to go out. We were young. We were aggressive. Well, we were not humble at oh. all. And uh, like you said, we were just a bunch of jerks, man. And I think I think it's just being young. We had a really good captain, and he tried his hardest to mentor us. But we were just a bunch of young Dumb firemen who, and I, I say that with like the, uh, you know, the utmost respect for me and my peers, and they would yeah. agree. I mean, we're all older now, and uh, but yeah, man, we were nicknamed the arrogant assholes. So we thought we, we thought we were so cool, and uh, man, we weren't cool. We were just yeah. jerks, you know. And I, I will say this: a lot of us uh, have recognized that and made the changes, not for anybody else, um, for for ourselves. And then had conversations with each other and realized, like, okay, you made some changes, I made some changes. And um, a couple of us have just gone back and just apologized to a few people that we really did not treat right, you know, over the years. And you'd be surprised. I, I, I've gone back and apologized to a few people that I thought, for myself, right? Like, hey, I really treated this person wrong. And if I see him again, or I get a hold of him, I'll say something. I've been surprised how many people have held on to the way that I treated them over the years. And when I apologize, either tears or they were able to let go of something. And, and I felt terrible because that meant they were still carrying that from yeah. years ago. And, uh, you know, you don't, if you're listening, you don't have to run out there and apologize to everybody. They may not even listen in, you know, I, I did it for me. I wasn't looking for right. like an image, uh, you know, improvement. I just, there were a couple people on my heart and I said, man, I, I really got to apologize yeah. to these people. And, uh, I remember one guy, <laughs> I hadn't seen him in like eight years and he was like, you're the, you're the same Josh Chase you've always been. But and I just, I let him talk, you know, cause I was working with a different crew and we were all getting along. They were like, dude, what's your issue? And they were like, you don't know this guy. And I just let him talk. And, uh, after probably about three or four months, you know, and I, look, yeah. I'm not perfect, right? There's still an asshole inside of me it reserved all. for when I need it, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but uh, he came back to me and said, dude, I, I didn't realize you're you're a completely different person. And I was like, well, I just try not to say uh, what I want to say out loud yeah. now. I'm still thinking, yeah. it, you know, but 
it's, it's just trying some discipline, but it's funny you say that, the arrogant asshole thing, because my wife now, she cracks me up. She's like, you guys just wanted to be known and wanted to be popular back then, and now look, everybody remembers your little crew, and you can't get away yeah. from it. And uh, I had a great time, man. I don't I don't want to yeah. get away from it in the sense where it made me part of who I am today. It, it all you know? builds so. into something else, and you know, that's how... That's how I felt. I felt the, yeah. I felt like you were telling my story all over again. And uh, I remember I, right. I, after I went through that process on that last one, I left that I left that house, moved to the other side of town, and completely changed me. It completely. Yeah. The crew that I'm with now, those guys, as soon as I walked in the door, one of them pulled me aside and said, "We know what happened, and we don't we don't care what happened. That happened. Right. It happened. It's over and done with. But you're going to be a different person here." And I started seeing more yeah. discipline in myself. I started. Um, yep. That's where I became the type of firefighter, and that's where all my like the podcast and all the, everything started now because of this making that change into that firehouse, getting with the right people, yeah. different awesome. people around me. I had mentors, yeah, and just kind of took me under the wing instead of always coming at me. They took me under the wing and, and guided me. Yep. So it was a lot of a, a lot of learning curves, but. Faith had something to do with it too. I, I real, I really do. I really feel faith right. because these guys are more faith based. We have a lot of Baptist churches right. in the area and are all part of the part of the community. So they will talk about their faith in the firehouse more so than the other house. They were more, yeah. If you, if you, you know, they don't want to talk about. It, they make fun of you if you go to church every week, all that kind of stuff. So it was like that type, right? To where it's more embraced and. I grew up in the Catholic yep. school system. I went to private school my whole life. So I'm used to going to church. I'm used to having faith around me. And I felt like I lost it for quite a little bit of time being that arrogant asshole. Yeah. And refining it. Yep. I guess not refining it, but just embracing it more and utilizing it the way I've done my whole life really helped put things more into perspective for me. Like, what am I really doing this for? You know? And yeah. No, that's cool, man. Because like you just said, and I think, I think guys in the firehouse, man, they just they don't make yeah. fun of stuff they don't get. Like they don't understand it. Because like I grew, dude, I grew up in the church. I was a pastor's kid, super religious. Like if you do this, you're going to hell. You do this, you're going to hell. You do this, you're going to hell. And I was like, well, shit. When I turned eighteen, I was like, I'm going to hell anyway, according yeah. to everything I've learned. Yeah. So I'm going to do what I want, you know. And and, and lo and behold, that is a bunch of religious bullshit that's not even true. And I think people have just bought it. And especially in the firehouse, you mentioned anything about uh, God or Jesus in certain houses or faith or whatever you want to say. It's just people are just shut off immediately because they don't understand that it's yeah. not religious. It's not you got to be this perfect person. Like if you actually if you studied the life of Jesus for three minutes, he came to interrupt a religious system that was like corrupting everything. Yeah. He came to change it all. And I think that is what people don't understand. Like, look, I'm not perfect. Like, I have a relationship with God, and I believe in God, but I also drink whiskey when I want to drink whiskey. I smoke cigars with my buddies. I'm probably going to say shit at some point today <laughs> because it's just a part of my vocabulary. You know, so, but people, man, yep. it's like you can't win, right? Either you're not, either you're not religious enough or you're yep. too religious. And I'm like, hey, how about you just let me have my relationship with God? And I'll work this shit out and we'll just do it like that because it's supposed to be me and him in a relationship, exactly. not me, you and him. So it's so weird, bro, because in the firehouse, 
I'm like, how do you communicate this? Right. How do you, how do you be that badass fireman that knows his job, loves his job? It's a little bit, I mean, I feel like you're a little bit like me. You love your job. You know, your job, you're a little bit of a hard ass, not because of you want to be a hard ass. You just have standards, you know? So you expect people to just meet the standard, not perfect, but ownership. Right. So it's like, how do you do all that? But then still bring your faith into it. And I think guys just want to see, uh, you know, men just living yeah. that example in the firehouse. Like, I just try to be an example. I'm not perfect. I don't go to work and read my Bible every single day. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to have a Bible study in the corner. You know, and kudos if you have a house that's yeah. doing that. That's great. I, I just try and live a real life. I'm a completely imperfect man who had a baby at 18 years old, went to war, came back, was disconnected, almost got divorced, got back with my wife, found God again. Then she dies in 2015. I get remarried in 20. Yeah. Get remarried in 2017. Now I'm leading a step family. Like it's dude, it's so much, you know, but I'm like, I still love the job. Uh, I love God in the process of loving the job. And, I guess I'm over explaining it to people where I'm trying to get them to get it. I'm like, I don't need you to get it, bro. Like, uh, I got my faith and I'll explain it to you if you want it. I don't have any explanation other than God for how my life has turned out. If I did, I would go with that and I would tell you, but I don't. So, but I think it's confusing because, you know, people are like, well, you just said religious bullshit (laughs) in the same (laughs) sentence. (laughs) Like, I'm like, well, we should probably share a glass of whiskey and I could share my life with you. And a conversation yeah. like that, to be there for hours. I mean, seeing my friends, we do. Okay. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to divert for two seconds on this one. Talking whiskey. Yeah, love What's it. your go-to? Oh, God. My go-to right now is probably Elijah Craig, uh, 100 Proof. Super, super easy, super simple. That is my go-to if I had to just go get a glass of whiskey right now. Yeah. I don't day drink because I won't get anything done, you know. But that's my that's my go-to right now. I've had some really expensive stuff. Oh yeah, that's gross, dude. It's not. I've been. You know, it's not that great. I've been drinking. Uh, I haven't had in a little bit, but my go-to is George Dickel. There's a George. Yeah, I had. Um, really. One is I came up with one. It's not. It's not the sour match. It's another one. Yeah, there's like three or yeah. four that are pretty that popular. That one's been my go-to for a little bit. After yeah. I was in Firehouse Expo one year when it was in Nashville, I presented, and my wife she didn't come in with me. I would not let her into the into the room. So she went across the street. If you've ever been there, Music City Center is a hotel with a bar. She's at the bar, and I walked in. Right. And I'm. She's like, "You're done." I said, "Yeah, yeah. I, was, I got to get the stress off me now. I'm all amped up." So the guy handed me this George Dickel, this 12-year. Oh, man, this was good. So I went everywhere to find this this bottle. And I may have it all over Jersey, but that's been my go-to. And also has been um, High West Campfire. That's like that smoky. I've been drinking oh, that a little West, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's nothing like having a nice little whiskey on the rocks or neat. Just hanging out, shooting the shit yeah. with some people. And, yeah. Some conversation. Yeah, it's just healthy, yeah. healthy conversation. You know, see where it goes. Campfire and a glass of whiskey or a beer. You'd be oh, surprised if people there's start some people talking I, about. I have one of my good friends. It's a, we'll do that from time to time. Come to my house. I have a big open yard, a lot of trees in the back, like open space. And we'll sit there. He'll just crack something open. We'll sit there for hours. 
next thing you know, it's two, three o'clock in the morning, fire still yep. burning. Oh, and we're just going. So but, easy you know, to do, good. man. And uh, going back to the faith thing, I've noticed this. I don't know if you've noticed this a lot. Talking with a lot of firefighters across the country, I've noticed one thing a lot of them have in common. And it was brought up on this one with, when you brought it up. And I even said it, is a lot of them are bringing their faith into their into their conversations when they talk about, well, who are you? Right. You know, tell me about yourself. They'll say, well, I'm a, fo- I'm a, right. a follower of Christ. I'm a believer of God, you know. And they say they, that guides them to right. do, their, do their mission. And you're starting to see that yep. more now so than maybe five, six, seven years ago. And Yeah, yeah, 100%, like, man. You're right. At one point, I was, I was scared to say that. And now I'm just like, you know, yeah. it makes sense. And I see a lot more now. Yeah. Obviously, I'm from Jersey. I don't see it much here. I have one well, a friend of mine who does talk, it does utilize that in his in his biography. I see it more with the Southern firefighters, the West Midwest firefighters. They're right. very devout in, in their beliefs and in their family. Yeah. And that's, you, you appreciate more than what they're talking about, whatever the topic is on the fire service, but you learn about who they are and where they came, when they came from and the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's good. Because like, like I could talk about leadership, right? You could talk about leadership. Another guy talked about leadership. And I think, I think eventually we're all going to yeah. start to sound the same when it comes to like, yeah, leadership, leadership, leadership. Cause there's only so many definitions you can get to and talk about. I think the reason, like you just said, people really, you know, get a hold of people, talk to people, follow people, whatever is because who's the man behind, you know, fit yep. to fight fire, jump seat leadership, firehouse tribune. Like who are these guys? And once you start to see that there's a set of principles that they're grounded in, that they follow, that they're, you know, using to guide them, then it's not so much you want to be like them. You want to be yourself, but you want to be the best version of you. And and for me, it's, dude, I, I can't, <laughs> it's so funny because I've had so many conversations with people and I'm like, oh, I don't believe in God. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not asking you to, you know, I'm, you asked me. What has changed my life? So I shared it. I do not have any ex on the if I look if my explanation was Buddha, yeah. I would tell you Buddha. You know, if my explanation was uh, just a conversation I had with a neighbor, I would say that too. But that's not that's not my experience. And there, dude, it's funny because I was a complete like heathen in the fire department, <laughs> right, for like years. And then, like, God got a hold of me. I mean, I was, like, I was the definition of, for me, like, not a great person, you know. Not judging anybody else, but I was out drinking, doing whatever, partying with single guys. My family was not a priority. You know, I cheated on my wife once or twice. Full-blown affair. You know, this is stuff we worked through, and I told her, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I'm, you know, eventually that, that led to a lot of bad things. Um, but I just wasn't a great person, Uh we worked through it, forgave each other, kind of came out of all that stuff, ended up having a really good marriage. But then guys weren't taking me serious. They were like, there's no way you've changed. Yeah. I, I hung out with you. You know, it's like, so how am I supposed to bring faith into the fire department now when they watch this guy do all these things? And now you're telling me you're just changed. So for me, it was a it was a hard transition until I finally realized I just got to live my life. I'm not living my life for you. I'm not. I didn't change for you. You know, I I changed for me and my family because 
I want my family to have an example of a man who chose to fight for his marriage and chose to fight for his kids and made it work. You know, I want, I want my son, if he's going through marriage stuff at some point to be able to look up and see like, Oh, my dad fought for his marriage. He fought for us. I'm going to do the same thing. And he was grounded in his yeah. faith and that's how he, he did it. You know? So it is cool, man, to see a lot of guys you see. I just listened to uh, firehouse vigilance, the scrap the other night. And uh, I think Cody was the guy that they had on there and uh, yeah. dude, phenomenal. Like, phenomenal. And Buddy starts talking about, you know, he's like, man, I've been through so much shit, and but Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. You know, in a good way. Like, you can be a badass fireman and still have a relationship with God. And I think we've tried to separate the two over the years to the point where it's gotten really weird. And now you're starting to see families fall apart, marriages fall apart. Like, hey, look. If you're a young guy and you're listening to this, it's not cool to be divorced. It's just find some guys that are married. If you've been divorced, it happens. You know, if you're good, if, if it's not, you can't control everything, you know, but if you want to stay married and you want to be a badass firefighter, you can do that too. Like you don't have to be part of that 70% that comes into this career and says, well, this guy's on his third marriage. That's okay for me. Why? Like, why is it okay for you? Find some guys that have been through it. Find some guys that are established in their faith if you don't have it. Or find some guys that are just established in, like, seeing you be successful, you know. You don't have to believe in God to be successful. Like, principles are principles, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, it's – you're right, dude. People are just like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I love God. <laughs> okay. And you're like, oh, oh Thanks, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I've cool. just been seeing it more. And, yeah. You know, I was uh, – in the culture side of things – I was I teach for National Home Firefighters uh, leadership accountability culture and knowledge, the, the lack class, and I was yeah. given one at a at an academy. Firemen from all across the state are there, and I brought up the word culture. That was the next part of the conversation, talking about the C. And I said, "What's culture? What's culture to you, in in this sense of the fire service, and why is it so important in the fire service? Because the culture, I, we're so deep rooted in culture and tradition." that you yeah. can see why we're so in love with what we do. And I said, well, why is yep. that? Why is the culture of the fire service so important? And this one fireman stood up and he said, well, the culture of the fire service is one thing, but it's also the culture of your department as well. That's not explaining. Yeah, that's true. And I see where he's going. He goes, he's like, I- I'm from Newark, New Jersey. So I'm a firefighter and we want to keep the culture of that department because we don't want to forget the people that came before us and how we got to where we were today. And I was like, man, this guy, yeah, just that's hit. true. Like, everybody in the room started getting like chills about it. Like, Ooh, he hit that very good. And I said, there's a lot of career here, right. a lot of volunteers here. How is that the same? for both departments, both sides of the spectrum. And they all agree that the same thing. They said there's everything's the same. We all agree that the culture of our department helps guide us in a sense, helps us in a sense grow in our career and grow in our family life and in our personal lives. And looking back, hindsight of everything, I truly believe that. I truly believe that culture that I'm in now yeah. 
definitely changed everything than the culture that I was in at the other firehouse across town. Definitely do. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, I think the, the culture that's around you of whatever definition you have of that impacts your life immensely. Yeah, that's good, man. I mean, because I mean, it's so funny. We have very similar stories. I, I, I too got switched stations. And when I got to that new station, they were like, look, bro, this is not your last station. Like this station's completely different. This is how we do things here. And um, for me, I was like, yep. no, we do things this way. And they, I very quickly realized that I was either going to kind of fit in and or stand out. And by fit in, I meant they were willing to accept me. And I just had to get good with that. And I had mentors there, guys that had been around a while, who had actually been at the same station I was at. And, uh, you know, these guys were more about, you know, a couple of them had either been married before, wish they, wish they hadn't got a divorce while I was going through my stuff. And they really guided me and walked me through, you know. Um, like I said, I, I kind of got my faith back in that year I got there. But these guys, some of them had married, you know, 20 years or been married twice but didn't want to be married twice. So there was all kinds of different stuff. And, uh, it, um, yeah, man, it really did. The culture of that house helped change me. And I think that's the same thing I try to bring to the firehouse I work at now. Like I can't fix Norfolk fire rescue, right? I can't do it. It's not going to happen. You know, no department's perfect. There are things I agree with things I don't agree with, but it would be like that wherever I worked. You know, you know what, what I can do and what I can influence and what I can change are I go to the same station every single day I go to work with the same crew. So as far as morale goes or, you know, talking about faith, fire, family, fitness, fun, friendships, whatever you want to talk about. There's like a whole slew of F's. Somebody probably wrote a book on already, you know, if they didn't, I'm going to write it, but, uh, (laughs) you know, so yeah, (laughs) so, uh, but yeah, so the the whole experience and culture, yeah. just do it in your house. If you can't change the whole department, like change your house, be the man or woman in the fire department or in, in, in your station that says, hey, let's try and change culture here. Like, yeah, man, morale. Okay. Yeah, like, but the other thing with morale that people, God, they get on me for this. They're like, oh, you must be an administration. I'm like, look, bro. Look, you can't take the fireman out of the person. You could be, I don't care what level of rank you are. Like I'm, you can't take it out of me is what it is. I have a heart to serve. I did it in the army. I'm doing it here. If I wasn't doing here, I'd do it somewhere else. But yes, this job is uncomfortable. And yes, morale can be bad sometimes, but this is a job where you signed up to literally serve people that you know nothing about on their worst day. It was never supposed to be easy. It was never supposed to be completely awesome. And it was never supposed to be completely comfortable. So now there's this entitlement theory going around where uh, me, me, all about me, salary, me, me, me. uh, I have to work this, me. Like, look, man, I'd much rather be home with my family than work mandatory overtime. But this is what I signed up for. And at the end of the day, I do have a choice. I could go work somewhere else. I don't want to do that. I'm not telling you like, hey, if you don't like it, get out of here. Because that's rude as well. I think we should find ways to work together. But I think if we take back the perspective of fix the culture in your firehouse, realize that this job is going to be miserable sometimes, but it's also what you signed up for. If you signed up to hang out in the firehouse 
and cook and smoke cigars and drink beers and never run calls. Well, I don't know who's drinking <laughs> beer at work, but you know, just threw that Somewhere. in there. It's probably happening. But yeah, that's not yeah. that's yeah, that's not real life, man. Real life is yeah. real life is running calls and helping people. That's what that's what you sign up for. So when we start complaining about that stuff, yes, man, I I do my share of bitching. You can ask my guys, and I have to catch myself. I'm like, ah, here I go again. I said I wasn't going to complain yeah. today, you know. But uh, there's probably a book out. There's a book so. out there called yeah. Fix Your Firehouse, you know, and it's true. Just fix your own house, dude. Like, stop blaming everybody. Okay. Fix yourself first, though. Starts that with usually you. Works. It all starts with you. But, your mentality. Yeah, always. Your anger. Your whatever you bring in that day. It's a trickle down effect, you know. It's like that. Yeah. That leader of one could one day lead many, but if you can't lead one, you can't lead any. You can't leave yourself. You can't Dude, lead yourself. I love and, that. Um, yeah, so true. I think that's a good spot to to wrap it up. Still, man, was, this was yeah, good. Let's this do was it. a really good one. Tom was here. Man. You know, Tom's missing out. He's gonna have yeah. a lot of FOMO when he watches this. But hey, I'll, I'll maybe I'll Photoshop oh. him right over here next to me <laughs> good. or something. Hey, man. <laughs> so, sorry, Tom. Maybe so, next time. Yeah. Before we leave, before we end this whole thing. Yeah. Where can people find you? Reach out to you. You're doing webinars. You're doing seminars. You're doing all kinds of cool stuff. So put it all out there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you can get a hold of me, jumpseatleadership.org. That's the easiest way to do it. All my books are over there. Seminar information, all that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously, social media, jumpseatleadership. Instagram, Facebook, and uh, you can get me on LinkedIn too. It's just me, Joshua S. Chase on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, you want a seminar, talk, it's inspirational speech. I'm there. I'm just here to spread a message, right? It's all about strengthening, encouraging, and empowering people to just honestly live a life of purpose and do what they were called to do. I'm blessed to be able to do that in the fire service. Uh, called to a life of service. And this is where it's playing out for me. I love it. And if you want to talk, you know where to get a hold of me. Uh, Nick, Anytime, man. man, thanks, thanks again. Anytime. Like I, I really Tom do did all the legwork on this one. Dull legwork. Yeah, great. We put a schedule together Even better, before right? Christmas, and we said we're going to try to plan out the whole year, do one show a month, maybe more as things go on. Just scheduling, yeah. Because he's in New York, I'm in New Jersey. Everything might be different with our work schedules. Who knows? So we put a list out, and we said these right. are the must get tos right away get them booked so when we were looking at it i was like right away josh chase throw them on there and he's just throwing names down and he's like josh it said, immediately came back said let's do february i said all right man let's go let's do it so it's been it's been fun so yeah perfect thank you again for yeah, coming good on stuff. thanks for what you're doing for the fire service what you're yeah. doing for your department for everything everything you're doing in general thank you you're you're, you're uh yeah man one of a appreciate kind. it you truly have the heart to keep doing it, man. So we're going to end this today. So like we say here Thank at the you. Firehouse Tribune, until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live inspired.